Hello. Okay, welcome yep. back. Yeah, <laughs> welcome back, everybody, to the third episode of the Math and Physics podcast. I'm Parker. And I am Ray. All right, let's get this started. So um, I was going to say something, but I forgot. Should we just jump into it? I think I think we can just jump into it. So I think by All the right. title, you guys already know that we're talking about <laughs> constants. Once right. again, the cheeky title comes into play. Yes, sir. Yeah. So we're talking about constants in nature that are just universal. We're going to talk about like mathematical and physical constants in this podcast. I am actually really interested in <clears throat> universal constants. And I know like I searched up on Wikipedia before um, recording this. I searched up like constants in nature and there's like a whole list that like we just haven't learned yet. And, you know, obviously I saw the ones that we already know and then got a little bit of facts that I will mention later. Yeah. So like I, I, I kind of also agree with you there that universal constants, number one, at least in my mind, are pretty cool. The fact that they, you know, they don't change wherever you are in the universe and they're pretty much always constant, hence the name. And I think it's just a yeah. pretty interesting, you know, concept or interesting fact about the universe that like there yeah. can be just one yeah, constant for just, this. Some for things something. just don't change at all. Yeah. Which That's pretty like cool. the most obvious one, obviously, you mm -hmm. know, the speed of light, which, you know, in, in a vacuum, of course, is uh, what is it like three? It's actually like two times nine, ten to nine, the eight, but like. Yeah, three yeah, two, ten, nine, nine times ten, ten to the eight. Eight meters per second. Yeah, it's meters pretty fast. Yeah, but it's super, it's it's unimaginably fast. Yeah, and really. originally, I believe, like it was kind of postulated as the speed of causality, and I used to remember mm. what um what C stood for, like in Latin, but I completely yeah. forgot, and it's something pretty interesting too. But it has something to do with pretty much not light at all. Because that's not really where the speed is derived from. Mm. It's just that Wait, how, because where is it derived from then? Yeah, because the thing isn't that the the speed of light isn't because of the photons necessarily. The speed of light is actually like the maximum speed that anything can reach. The, it's just it's just like a coincidence, not really coincidence, but the fact that the photons are massless. Now, because they're massless, they don't interact oh. with the Higgs field. Right. And that's the only reason that they can go to the fastest speed. So the speed Damn. isn't dependent on the photons. The photons are dependent on the speed. And I this is like a Yeah, and this is like a big kind of like a misconception about which one depends on which. So like the speed of well, the maximum speed limit of the universe was discovered before it was associated to the speed of light. Yeah, exactly. Which is Damn. pretty, which which is pretty crazy. I learned something new. Yeah. Also, because it's just mainly that because light doesn't interact with anything, because photons are said to be massless, right? It's mainly mm -hmm. because that that property is what allows light to go so fast, right? Because yeah. of its zero mass properties. And gluons, yeah, and, and... I believe, are also massless particles that travel at the speed of light. And the hypothetical graviton, you know the force carrying yeah. particle of gravity yeah. also said to travel at the speed of light hmm. so yeah well, I, was, I mean there are a lot of 
things that depend on the speed of light. So that's what I'm saying. It's not really that they depend on photons. They just depend on this highest speed in the universe, which happens yeah. to be the speed of light. So like, you know, you know, the book I'm reading, it's like uh, the search for many universes. Mm-hmm. Um, in like one of the first few chapters, I think I, I told you about this. Um, they talk about like the different types of vacuums that can be found in space. And there's like, the, there's specific names for them, which I don't remember, but like there's the regular one, which is the one we're living in now. And then there's like two higher energy vacuums that exist. And in, in the second, like on the scale of energy levels on the second highest, um, it's where electrons don't have a mass. Mm. And, I'm you know, I'm guessing they also travel at <laughs> the speed of light. Yeah, yeah. And, that like in that that state of vacuum like decays super rapidly and so that's why we can't like you know there's not like huge subsets of the universe that yeah exists. because well, actually, if electrons actually we were massless <laughs> but if electrons to... were massless like stuff wouldn't exist because yeah, know, electrons would just be flying everywhere i was gonna say there's not like super large spaces in the universe that are like in that state of vacuum but r- really, we don't actually know. <laughs> like, I mean, to be honest, the, we really don't know much. The, the, this is all speculation be. at this point. Yeah, and at the same time, well, no, the the vacuum states aren't speculation. Like, I'm that was like an actual thing. No, no, no but, but it, like, it hasn't. It like it, there's no experimental proof. I think there is that electrons are massless. Like, yeah, in some states of vacuum. Va- vacai i think oh that's well so, that's something i learned today as well yeah thank you yeah, yeah. The, that's the pretty interesting like, i did not know that yeah as i was reading it like yeah the, the the three states are like real things and they have like real properties but as mm. i was reading it like my level of comprehension in that like subject is you know beyond me um Wait, that sentence didn't make any sense. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't fully grasping what was being said, and uh, and I just, I just, I'm just relaying the info. Yeah, because that I, that's a pretty weird fact that because the entire point that it, it, that electrons are electrons is because they have mass, negligible, but yeah. still they have mass. Like, yeah, I think that's one I don't of the understand reasons. how electrons can even have zero mass because if they did, then they wouldn't really. What would there be? I don't even know. I don't know. It's like, I think that's one of the reasons why it decays so rapidly is because like the properties I guess so. of the the particles are just all wet. And like, I, I could be just mis, misunderstanding the entire Yeah, maybe we need there. to read that article. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll give you the book. Yeah, for maybe. sure. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, in do you remember in class when we were learning about uh, like waves and oscillations we started mm-hmm. with like the, the mini like history lesson mm-hmm. um and like was it was it Huygens who like who thought that light like came out of our eyes and then when it hit something it would reflect back into our eyes and then we would register it as like as like a like a thing you know what the hell? That's a crazy theory. Yeah, it, it's a crazy theory, but like this was this is like really back in the day. Yo, you know, like, that's nuts. They thought 
I don't know who it was. I think it was Huygens at first. Who's Huygens? Um, the the double slate guy. Huygensberg? Wait, what? No, that's not no. his name. Heisenberg. I think it's I think it's Christian Huygens. 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 Wait, no. like Heisenberg's uncertainty principle? No. Then no, what are bro, you talking the about? Slit, the guy who did the double slit. Isn't that young? The double slit. Young and Fresno. Huygens. Young and Huygens. It's Young and Fresno. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Bro, I swear to God. It's Young and Fresno double slit experiment, I think. Okay, I'm Googling it right now. Okay, Christian Huygens. Um, he's a Dutch physicist. We're just going to control F and look for double slit. Yeah, yeah, he did it, bro. No, Huygens by the French physicist, this guy, this guy, Fresno. It's Fresno, bro. Okay, anyways. Fresno contributed was... <laughs> significantly to the establishment. Okay, you know what? I mean, Let's I'm... agree to disagree. <laughs> I'm looking at the page right now, and it says he, he experimented with double refraction. Listen, and... Parker, let's just agree to disagree and move on. All right, all right, all right. Anyways, I don't even Okay, so other constants in the universe. No way, I wasn't done with the with Oh, like, okay, okay, continue. Um so yeah, the like what we learned in class. Mm-hmm. Um at first we treated light as a particle, right? Mhm. Yeah. Or did we treat it as a wave first? No, we started as a particle. I I think. Oh yeah, yeah, no no no. We I think we did both in the same lecture. Kind of. Like we because we looked at the wave particle first duality. we looked at the, the double slit experiment and then we're yeah. like, "Oh, it's a wave." And then they looked at like the experiment where you you do the double slit, but you take the brightness from like zero all the way to you know, like normal brightness and then mean, we, like the what happens that you yeah, you record individual particles hitting the the screen and yeah i mean back in the day like that must have been so con- i mean it still is super confusing but like imagine just like witnessing that you're like oh it's obviously a wave <laughs> and then and then boom you're like oh well if we treat it as a particle we can actually like get a lot of results in like quantum mechanics and stuff like that yeah because it was originally that photons were always considered waves and then einstein proved it that it can also behave as a particle and then at the same time de Broglie, like louis de Broglie, yeah um, proved that he, it works for anything he, exactly then he proved the opposite with all electrons and protons he proved that electrons can also be treated as waves because they everyone thought they were particles yeah. so it was kind of the reverse you know like <laughs> but it, it's yeah, kind of like einstein funny. that started the whole trend yeah, something Mainly. funny is that like, um, in class, um, I think it was yeah, it was it was Julian. He was like, oh, like photons have, um, a wavelength, electrons have a wavelength, molecules and basketballs, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like everything has a wavelength, but like, I don't know, it's it's really hard to, like, visualize it. Like, absolutely everything has a wavelength. Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy to even think about, you know. 
but like mm-hmm. wavelength it's okay it's it's not really that they have a wavelength it's just that yeah, it's like they a, can be represented an, yeah. as waves they're yeah, not, I'm not really saying, like, like you know yeah. it's kind of hard to even think about because a lot of people think that these particles and stuff they are actually waves but they just behave like waves you know they yeah. have the mathematical properties of waves they're not necessarily waves themselves yeah i know what you mean but going even further back in time nice segue to our next topic is pi Ooh, pi it's not oh, obviously it's not very I mean, important constant yeah not a physical constant more of like geometry mathematical yeah. constant and i'm pretty sure this is you know i'm like 90 percent sure how they found pi was that they took a circle and then drew a square on the yeah. inside and you, drew a square you, you on the outside. You saw the same number file video I did. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I, mean, I don't I don't remember it from number file, but Yeah, but I just, like I just that's where I remember it from. Yeah, yeah. They, he just kept drawing they, more and more. Yeah, they kept drawing more and more vertices and then the area got the area approach nicer and nicer, you know. It approached yeah. the area of a circle and then they took the limit, or I don't know if calculus was a thing back then. And divided like, it by radius squared. Yeah. This was like, a, what, what was it, like ancient Greece? Yeah, it was, it, it was like BC, wasn't it? Yeah. BC? Yeah. Wait, I'm searching it oh, up right now. Right, right, yeah, right, right. First yeah, calculation yeah, right, of pi yeah. was done yeah, by BC. Archimedes, in, who was in BC, 287, 212 BC. That's crazy to think about. Yeah. That yeah, that I constant love... that was made over 2000 years ago is still being yeah. used. Well, obviously it's still being used. No, 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 no. but I'm like, just saying like no, no. it's so cool to think about that. Yeah, it's it's being used because it's so important. Like, I know. Like taken pi is actually everywhere. Like, like even yeah, when you, I, you think you're not dealing with circles, boom just pie out of nowhere you can really get yeah you can definitely get a pie out of anywhere like it it comes in the most uh, unexpected places i still remember some of those limits and stuff we had to prove in class or like some crazy physics problem set question and randomly they're just like a pie squared or something that appears and (laughs) you're like wait what (laughs) this makes no sense but it just comes up you know it's just always there I would love to go back in the past where like nothing was discovered, like no calculus and just like play around with geometry. You know, I feel like that would be so fun. And like, okay, but I don't think times would be very easy back then. You know, like you wouldn't really have time to play with geometry. Like, what do you mean? Because I don't know that would probably be like a really strict ruler. You would probably be like a slave. You would probably be like working for him (laughs) or something. I I don't know. Some people had time, obviously. I guess so. So, I like, guess. if I could go back and be one of those dudes who would just like, like a, like, every every like notable figure was like mathematician, um, physicist, uh, philosopher, and like um, orator. Mm-hmm. Like they were just everything at the same time. They were mostly philosophers, actually, at that time. I mean, was, philosophers were also mathematicians. Yeah, because philosophers like, were crazy. Yeah, which like, makes like, like back a lot then, of sense. like to be a philosopher, you know, was like some, like a really yeah, high like level. Some, 
And like you could say something and everyone would be like, yo, damn. This guy's a <laughs> this philosopher. Guy, this guy's, this guy's talking. Something. Let's listen to him. <laughs> He'll be like, yo, 3.14. What? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> everyone's going crazy. <laughs> but, um, um, uh, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, going back in time. Yeah. Where, actually, this is from last, last time. If you can go back to a point in time to witness, the discovery of something mathematical or physical, what would you go back to? That is a uh, very tricky question. It seems like you already have an answer for this. You want to go first? Uh, I mean, I don't have like a definitive answer, but I think, I think like just like sitting behind Einstein while he's doing the general relativity equations would be crazy. <laughs> Sitting like, right like next just, to Einstein, like just just watching him go. I mean, that would be for ten years. <laughs> you know that, right? Okay, just I mean, from nineteen oh five when he made, it published special relativity to nineteen fifteen. Okay, I don't mean literally sitting beside <laughs> him for ten years. I just mean like going, like witnessing his thought process, and like I don't know, he's just a crazy dude. I would actually love to just go to, you know what? I really thought I had that sentence, but then the more I thought about it, <laughs> I realized it's it's wrong. I actually, I, I seriously do not know. Like there are so many times when I'm like, oh, that would be interesting. Yeah. Like Galileo, I mean, you know, that would be really interesting. Yeah. Uh, Newton inventing calculus. <laughs> Newton just that sitting there insane. when he's like 21 years old inventing calculus. Yeah. Like, yo. Yeah. <laughs> And we're just, Literally, and we're 21 still quarantine. trying to understand calculus. He's in quarantine, just like, yo, and what take if I just calculate in, the area made, under of this curve? He made integrals before derivatives. Yeah. yeah. That's nuts, too. I know, that is nuts. Like, Which is like, do you think we should learn integrals before derivatives? Yo, wait, wait, do you actually think he called derivatives anti-integrals? <laughs> you know how we call them anti-derivatives is that a thing no i do not think so okay okay, okay. no definitely not <laughs> no. sorry what did you ask um i don't even remember Anyways. uh it, it was it was right here oh i forgot <laughs> anyways this is um terrible. moving on a past pi there's e which is euler's number which is um came from compound it comes up, interest it, yeah it comes up from compound interest and it's it's the highest like to, to put it simply it's the highest amount of money you can have after a certain amount of time mm -hmm. if like you calculate and add the interest an infinite amount of times yeah it's like one plus one over n whole thing to the n yeah yeah and, and if you take the limit as n goes to infinity you get e yeah, yeah i don't know right? if that was super clear if you yeah, if I, anyone's I, I, listening I think... and they don't know what e is i don't know if that was <laughs> very clear but it's it's the base of the natural or the base of the log that makes the natural log and yeah so e is also very important it's especially interesting to me because if you graph e to the x, the derivative, 
the rate of change of that function is that function. That's and great. the rate of change of that is also the function, and you could do that an infinite amount of times. And on top of that, the area under the curve is the function, and the area under that curve is, it just keeps going, which is... I think that's really interesting. Ever. Yeah, that's, that the, that's derivative the coolest of e to the x is e to the x. That's Isn't a really it like the only fact. function that does that? Sorry? It's the only function that has that property. Yeah. That stays the exact same. That's pretty that's pretty crazy. And also yeah. ln is also important because it's also like if you differentiate ln you get 1 over x. And 1 over x is a very common graph and it appears yeah. in very 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 many things. So like even that's useful in many places. Right. You know, right. so like law and, and E, and that just comes up in all these places, you know. Yeah, and the thing about pi and E is that they're both irrational numbers, mm -hmm. which is like, like, why, why does that happen, you know? Like, why is it that the ratio between the circumference and the radius is just never ending in precision, you know? And That's pretty crazy same to thing, think about. Same thing for like, compound interest like well you know we we relate it to compound interest but it's not you know it, it it's good for more than just that but why is oh like, it's in why incredibly important yeah but why why are they irrational like why couldn't pi be two like imagine if if pi was was an integer that'd be crazy like what would the world look like i mean i mean if you think about it engineers think of pi as an integer as an integer yeah they think I mean, of e as an integer as well. Yeah, but this is more like like actual properties of, of circles that I'm trying to talk about. Like, imagine if the ratio of the circumference to the radius was like two. Like, imagine if the radius was just half of the circumference. That, like, would, that, be would, make crazy. that would make zero sense. I mean, it would make <laughs> no sense in our world. Who knows yeah. about another world, you know? Maybe it's yeah. possible. Yeah. I mean, who knows? I know. And actually, talking about e and pi, I think I think you've agreed with me on this, Parker. We've talked about this a lot. One of the most beautiful yeah. equations in the world, Euler's oh, yes, equation, yeah. like uh, the e to the i pi plus one equals zero. Yeah. Like I think that that's incredibly crazy because because yeah, we're just and... talking about constants, right? So like. Yeah. An irrational number raised to the power of an imaginary number multiplied by an irrational number plus one equals zero. Like, that's crazy to think about. Yeah, that, that is crazy to think about. But if you would have watched Three Blue, One Brown's stream, um, his, his stream right now is about complex numbers, or like up to this point. I don't know if he's going to change subjects, but he, he like decomposed the whole like starting from scratch with imaginary numbers and then explained um, like if you take, if you think about E to the X as the infinite sum that we learned in class, uh -huh. um, if you think of it like that, and then you take the properties, you know, about like vector addition or, or vector multiplication in the complex plane, it actually makes, a lot more sense because what happens is that if you have a real number in the complex plane and you multiply it by i it rotates it 90 degrees right so if you have 
if you have like one, you multiply it by i, which is the unit vector that points upwards, you, you just get one i. So it rotates that real number 90 degrees. And that's true for um, like any vector in the complex plane. So if you, if you draw a unit circle on the, in the complex plane, you pick a point and then there's an angle, right? Related to that point on the unit circle. So if you multiply any vector in the complex plane by that vector in the unit circle, it will rotate your first vector by the angle of your, of your unit vector on the circle. And so that relates to Euler's formula um, <clears throat> because if you just look at the infinite sum, what happens is that you just rotate your because um i gotta formulate this differently because <laughs> you start you start with one right because it's it's going to be x to the zero over one so you, your first number is one okay and then what you do is you add um a number actually i don't i don't quite remember how it goes how about like we just say to have, watch the video yeah just just go watch the stream this is a really it's a really good stream but yeah what happens is that you just add infinitely small vectors that are perpendicular to your first vector and then if you rotate it pi degrees then you just you know you just rotate once around and you're left with negative one so like yeah Mm -hmm. that was was a really bad explanation (laughs) that was a very interesting explanation i'll give you that trying to fit it into like (laughs) short form so we'll just say go ahead and watch the three blue one brown stream yeah three blue one brown math lockdown just start from the beginning it's a really great stream um yeah talking about what other constants are there in the universe yeah so talking about um oh very sorry sorry you continue um unit lengths like unit vectors and stuff like that, that have a magnitude of one are in fact universal, right? If you go, like if, if there's any alien civilization that discovers mathematics, or discovers or creates, that's a debate, but mm-hmm. um, they have math. What the One of the things that'll be universal is just the, the length one. Like if you want to say, I want to move one unit in this direction it'll be completely universal Mm -hmm. right that's true and i think um another really interesting constant is the cosmological constant from uh, einstein's field equations because um right i really find it interesting because it kind of proves well not really proves but kind of mathematically proves in a sense that dark energy or some type of energy exists where there's nothing in space, right? Mm -hmm. Because in the field equations, if you pretty much cancel out the curvature terms, that means like there's nothing there, like empty space, the field equations still give you an answer of, um, of how much energy is in that space. That means even if there's nothing present, that means empty space there's still energy in that empty space, or at least this is what the field equations prove. So, and that is because of the cosmological constant. Now, even though the cosmological constant is known as Einstein's biggest mistake, you know, it's still, mm-hmm. it's still pretty much 
um, completely invented the entire idea of dark energy. And you know, and that's kind of what we're going with. Does that come from the fact that um, he wrote his equations thinking or assuming that the universe was static and not I think it was something crazy like that. I actually do. Because I think Einstein was like not a believer that the universe is accelerating or something. Yeah. And yeah. and after he kind of showed it in the equations, he's like, oh, crap, I made a mistake. It doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he's like, I made the biggest mistake of my life. But in turn, that actually helped people who are trying to, you know, go after dark matter and dark energy, especially. Sorry, not dark matter. Yeah. I don't so, know yeah. enough about like Einstein's equations to like have an opinion (laughs) yeah so um, they're just like because i think the best way to explain them because it can really be broken down into really easy terms like everything starting with an r has to do with the curvature of the space (laughs) everything with the g like the metric tensor followed by the cosmological constant is pretty much that's that energy that i was talking about in empty space and everything on the right side of the equation represents the energy in that space so left side represents like curvature and the right side represents like energy so like obviously this is not like a comprehensive rundown of the field equations but this is kind of like a basic understanding i guess okay awesome well we're coming up on 30 minutes right now actually oh yeah yeah 29 minutes 30 seconds yeah so So, i think today was pretty good we had some nice talks about interesting constants thought it was pretty interesting we did have some other points to talk about but you know once again we can also just talk about it in a future episode that's true which we are we're planning on doing pretty often oh yeah yeah we do have exciting interviews coming up soon oh i'm extremely excited and a little bit nervous i'm not gonna lie a little bit nervous but also excited (laughs) <laughs> yeah i still have to do research think of some questions oh i have to do a lot of research be, for sure that'll be awesome um we got our first one our first interview in two days yep uh, we're not we're not going to spoil who it is or oh, i think we already did in the, in the last one but no 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 i just gave them a hint of who it is oh, okay okay i just said like yeah. what he does and the fact that i actually that he... have yeah go ahead yeah Okay. okay, so, yeah, so <laughs> we're just going to cut it off. Perfect, there. perfect. Nice, nice segue. Okay, Thank well, you so much for listening well, in. We're going to sign off. I'm Ray. Yeah, I'm Parker. Thank you, guys. Um, We'll see you guys very soon. See Got ya. some very interesting episodes coming in. All right, see ya. Stay hype. See ya.